Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Negotiating in relationships can be tough when we're trying to find common ground, but we've got different points of view. There's a feeling of competition, which means there's an underlying winning and losing mentality going on. And with this mindset, each person walks away feeling like they gave up more than they were planning to, which leads to disconnection resentment, and frustration. But today we're going to change all that because you're going to learn my five steps to effective negotiation in all your relationships so you can both walk away feeling connected, supported, and heard. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Welcome back. Hello, you're here. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, uh, your just ever-loving host of the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I'm so, so happy that you are choosing to be with me here today. I want to give a quick shout out. Oh my gosh, there were three new reviews this week that were just uh, made my heart sing. Thank you. I felt the love. I feel the love. Uh, I keep asking for these reviews because again, there's there's tens of thousands of you listening and I don't have tens of thousands of reviews. So come on, come on, help me out. Do me a solid. Uh, the reviews really help. They help other people find me and we're looking for world domination. One of the reviews talks about that. I, I mean it. I want the whole world to have this information so that we can all be happier, more connected in our relationships and get rid of hate and bigotry and all the bullshit. So let's do this thing. Be, be, be part of the solution. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world. So uh, I like to think every week when I sit here, it's part of the solution. And that's what I'm trying to do. Changing the world, one relationship at a time. That's right. Okay. I know it's a little grandiose, but I'm trying. Okay. So thank you for tuning in. And 
Wow, I love this topic. I've done way back. I did a something on coming to consensus. I, I've changed things. I, you know, I'm going to talk about consensus today because that is, you know, when we talk about negotiation. Um, but you know, decision making, all the things. I, for me, and I've had, I haven't had anybody actually write in about this specifically. But a lot of times, the questions that do get asked, really, this is the answer. They're just not using that word. And what's so interesting to me, so you know what I always do, I have a topic I want to cover. You know, it's something usually I've been doing with my personal clients, my people in my practice, and, find, you know, things I've been teaching them. And I think, oh, if this is good for all these people, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably good for all of you listening. And <clears throat> so I looked at, I always, you know, write up something and then I go and look at what other people are saying about it. I'm like, okay, what are other people talking about? And there was a lot of, you know, articles about how to come to consensus and how to negotiate and all that. And I have to tell you, it made me mad. And I'll, let me tell you why it made me mad. <laughs> because it was the same to me bullshit over and over and over, things that are not descriptive about what you're actually supposed to do. So what did I see? When I looked at what other people were saying, they all said, oh, you have to, it's all about communication, respect, and trust. Well, I fucking know that. I, thank you. So I get that. Those are the keys to good negotiation and decision-making, but no shit, Sherlock, you know, but what's under that? Like, if I knew how to do that, I wouldn't be reading this article. If I knew how to communicate and build respect and trust and all these things, I wouldn't be asking you. So that's why it makes me mad. I feel like people say they're going to give you what it is, and then they don't actually give you the nitty gritty of how to get there. So um, that's where I come in. I give you nitty gritty, and I'm going to give it to you today. All right. So, so... If you're, so you're listening because you want specific, I'm always thinking like, how do I want to say this? Well, okay. So I, what I did was I put together, you know, you, you want to have this feeling of consensus, a feeling of teamwork in all your discussions, right? And negotiation often boils down to arguments that end up devolving into either like one person dominating and the other one, you know, acquiescing or being submissive or whatever word you want to use, or both sides trying to, you know, meet in the middle, but not knowing where the hell the middle is or how to find that. Uh, like I mentioned in the intro, both of you feeling like you gave up more than the other person. So everyone's unhappy, which is crazy. Like no one's getting exactly what they want. Uh, in the end, so you got no one who's fully happy with the compromise. And again, it feels like you're on these opposite teams that I talked about with a winner and a loser, even if you both think you lost, which happens so much of the time. I mean, so much of my energy and time is spent with clients on this issue. So, uh, and I've been preaching for a long time that you need to approach differences and negotiations from a we perspective. I did a whole, my TEDx, my TED Talks about that. You go listen, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes or just go on YouTube and put in Abby Metcalf TED Talk and it'll come up. Uh, so my TEDx is about that, how this like opposite sides thing is the real release and real reason relationships fail. That's what my TEDx is called. But this, but what I'm going to talk about today is not just about romantic relationship. This 
thinking applies to all of your relationships. So whether you're thinking about an issue with your boss, your mom, your coworker, a friend, today is going to apply to you. I just, I want you to feel that. I want you to know that. Okay. And it's, for me, it's interesting because that's what I was, for me, when I was looking, I'm like, okay, negotiation, what's the opposite of negotiating something? You know, what, what's the goal? It's again, always that word consensus that we're going to come together. And then, so of course I had to go look up consensus. I wasn't even sure I knew what that meant. Uh, and what's interesting is that when you do look up consensus in the dictionary, like your friend, Abby Metcalf did, you find words like harmony, solidarity, unity, you kind of you find all that in the definition, right? I know. And you're thinking the last negotiation you had with your partner or your boss, you're thinking, I didn't feel a lot of solidarity, harmony, or unity. And when you when you look at the actual, you know, so those words are, I, I saw them and I, I always, I don't look at just one definition. I look at many. And what I saw a lot was that it means it accordance in opinion or feeling. And I like this a lot because the, to me, this is important because even if you can't get behind the opinion or thinking of the other person, I want you to get behind their feelings. Okay. And that's, you're going to see that's what's going to change the game today and how I talk about negotiation. So, and I, yes, and even at work and even with your boss and even whatever, it's everywhere. The, the word, the actual word consensus, I loved this, comes from the Latin word consentio or consentio, which literally means, are you ready? I'm going to give a drum roll on my desk. To feel together. <laughs> Hello, that's what I'm teaching you today. How to feel together. I know that sounds like something dirty, doesn't it? Sounds like something you do in the bedroom. Sounds like this should be a sex talk, but no, it's about negotiation. So I'll get my mind out of there and, and get back on track. All right. So if you want to negotiate successfully and come to a true consensus, You've got to make feelings, not facts, the focus. They have to be the priority. Too, that's all I see. People focus on the facts and don't, if you're watching me on YouTube, you're seeing me do quotes in, in the air. They're focusing on the facts and they're not talking about the feelings involved. And since we connect with feelings, not thoughts. How many times have I said this to you? We connect with feelings, not thoughts. So because of that, it's important. You've got to acknowledge, identify, and understand those feelings so you can get on the same team and find, you know, that, that elusive common ground I, we talk about all the time. Okay. And again, I'm going to give you specifics on how to get there today because I love you. Who loves you? I do. So the three rule, I, I want to say this too, before I get to my five steps, there's three basic rules of sort of consensus decision-making, you know, like coming to something together with someone else. I mean, that's what you're negotiating. You're trying to come up with a decision. So you can use all these different words interchangeably more or less, but there are three. So there's some overarching rules when it comes to this kind of consensus decision-making. And again, I'm going to give you the five steps to get there, but but I need you to hold this in your head because it's important. So one is that it's fair. Everyone has equal input into the process. Even equal is a weird word. I don't always love that word because what's, you know, equal can look different. It doesn't mean that you both have the exact same amount of talking time. It means that there's really equal room at the table for different opinions to me. That's how I take that. So everyone has equal input into the process. Two, it's collaborative. Each person's input is 
actively solicited, it's valued, everybody's input is put into, it's inclusive. Yeah. And the third is that it's cooperative. It's not about competing for, you know, an individual preference. It's taken on with an intention of working together and uniting. There's that, right? There's that big piece. So starting from this point of, of fairness, uh, collaboration and cooperation, you can see how any negotiation is going to be better than the usual, you know, I win, you lose thing, right? We, that we're usually doing. So, okay. But <clears throat> you're sitting there now, excuse me. Oh, water, water time. <laughs> but you're sitting there now kind of thinking, okay, but how exactly do you get there? That's all very nice. We want to collaborate. We want to have respect. We want to do all these things like everyone else says too. How do we do that? So you follow my five steps for effective negotiation and decision-making. Yes, here they are. I'm just going to give them to you. Don't you love it? I know. It's good when it works. I want to remind folks too that if you are driving in your car and listening or whatever you're doing, um, if you're taking notes, that's great if you can and it's not endangering anyone. But also if you come to the website under relationship tips and tools, I always do a corresponding blog post for the podcast episode because I love you and I'm taking notes for you, you know, so I write that out. So if, if there's something that I've said that you're like, what did she say? And you don't want to listen to the whole podcast again. I don't know why, because my voice, voice is so melodious. Um, but if you don't want, or you're not sure where it was in the podcast and you only have five minutes, go over to the website, abbymetcalf.com. It's very simple. And go to the relationship tips and tools and you can find it there. The other thing is that if you're looking for an older um, episode of the podcast, <clears throat> those are all also found on my website. I know that's not the way you want to listen to them usually. You want to go on Spotify or, you know, Pandora or Apple or wherever you go and you just want to listen. But if you can't find something, because a lot of them only hold like the last hundred, I've done 200, this is the 230, I think, first episode. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of episodes, so they don't all get held on these different platforms. So just in case you're wondering, that's where you can go. I get a lot of questions, people emailing and DMing and asking, and that's the big answer. Okay. So the five steps for effective negotiation and decision-making. Step one, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I know I've said it before. So there is a book that I've had for a long time now. I, I'm not, I'm assuming this came out maybe 2015 or so. I'm not sure, but it's a book called Getting to Yes. And uh, well, they're getting to yes with yourself. And there's a, Harvard has this whole uh, negotiation project. There's a whole thing. You can sign up and get all their stuff. I, I really like their, you know, information. Harvard's a, you know, decent enough school. And the, there's a, the, one of the, um, project co-founders wrote this book. Um, William Uri, I think you say his name, U-R-Y. Um, I apologize if I'm, um, if he's listening. I hope you're listening, Uri. And uh, William, and I'm bashing your name. I apologize. So just, you know, let me know. Uh, it's a great book. I really like it. And he has a lot of other books on, uh, and they do out of this place on negotiating. And if, so if you're in, you know, from my business background, these are things I've read and, you know, gone into. Uh, and he says that, and it's so true. Our biggest obstacle in any negotiation is ourselves. <laughs> and you know, it's true. You know, you want to blame, oh, there was the timing. It was my boss being a jerk. It was my dog in the way I had to get home or, you, you know, I don't have the power. I don't have influence at my job or in my relationship. That's what you want to say, but it's really you 
that gets in the way of your success the most. I'm not saying those other things don't play a role, but we're all about, as you know, on this podcast, taking responsibility for yourself and your life. And so when I read this, I, this book, um, I really liked it because it was about taking personal responsibility. So, and he says in there, excuse me again with the coughing, more water. I apologize. Uh, he, he says in the book, we sabotage ourselves by reacting in ways that don't serve our true interests. I'll say that again. We sabotage ourselves by reacting, not acting, but reacting in ways that don't serve our, our real interests. So, and I think we can all relate to reverting to, you know, old patterns and behaviors when we're in a negotiation and, uh, you know, we act defensively, we lose our temper. Um, you say yes when you mean no, you withdraw, you know, you don't assert yourself, whatever you do, right? None of this is getting you what you want. This is not getting you to the goal. You get angry or impatient, and then you end up making choices and making concessions that you later regret, that you're like, oh, you're face palming later. Why did I do that? So learning to be more self-aware and understand your unhealthy patterns and cycles is absolutely the first step to making them stop. If you want to be good at negotiation, it, and, and at effective negotiation, a healthy negotiation, you've got to get self-aware. If you keep doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. So I will link here. I have a great episode on the four ways to be more self-aware, right? You should check that out. You, you know, just go deep. I'm not going to, again, repeat myself in every episode. You guys will go crazy. You won't want to listen. So go listen to the four ways to be more self-aware. It's right there. I'll link to it in the show notes here on the website. It'll be in, you know, if you read the blog post, it'll, it'll be highlighted. I have to say this every time, by the way, because there's always new listeners to the broadcast. So I know some of you have been with me for years. You're like, Abby, stop repeating that. I do need to repeat it because you're not the only one I'm talking to. I love you, but you're not the only one. So uh, you really gotta, you gotta work on your self-awareness. You really do. And most people think they're self-aware and they're not. Okay. That's from the research. So go read. I wrote all about it and you really need to work on raising your emotional intelligence. And I just did an episode just a few ago on how to deal with your own or someone else's low emotional intelligence. So I give you all the little exactings of what to do, right? So get in there, get better, go to therapy, do something that's going to help you get better at understanding yourself and and why you do what you do and how you have these reactions when you're in talking to someone. So you need to understand that if you're reacting sometimes to your partner, you're getting really defensive and angry when they say, could you please uh, make the bed and you're blowing up, that that's not about making the bed. That's something old. So you need to work on that. You need to figure out, it's not, I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people, I think even really recently, talk about how, well, anybody would, anybody would be angry at that. Anyone would get upset. That is such crap. That is such bullshit. I say with so much love in my heart to you, if that's how you think that you're some out of control animal that can't control your, you've got to be kidding me. I, that, this is not the podcast for you. Like, this is a podcast for you though. Stay there. I love you. Come listen. It's you, you got to get over that stuff though. You have to move on from that, that you are some like, you know, 
helpless thing in your emotions. You're not, and you need to work on it. Some of us have a much harder time than others. Some people have clinical diagnoses that really get in the way. Some people have, uh, you know, undischarged traumatic stress, all kinds of things. I get it, but it's still your responsibility to work on it. Okay. It's still your responsibility to look at it and do your best within that and make improvements. So at the very least, before you enter a negotiating discussion, you should note how you're feeling and get yourself to a good feeling place first. Yeah, at the very least. So, you know, you're thinking, well, this is step one, Abby. I have to go back and look at all the self-awareness stuff, but just do that. I, I'm, giving you, I, I'm giving you a quick win now and a bigger win later by getting better at this. Just before you're gonna walk in and talk to your coworker or your partner or your mom, you just stop and check in with yourself. How are you feeling? You know, if you're really anxious and upset, that's not going to work. You need to know, you know, what are my limitations? Uh, you got to work around those and you have to pull from your strengths. You're, you're going to need to really do that. So you have to know yourself enough to do that. And self-awareness, remember, is different than mindfulness. I'll talk about mindfulness in a minute. Self-awareness is different. And people, I hear people all the time say, oh, I'm mindful or I'm self-aware. And they're, again, from the research, we know you're not. Uh, most people think they are and they're not. But I, I use this example all the time. I am self-aware that I am very controlling. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> I'm so controlling out here. I know. Um, I'm self-aware about it though. I know. However, I'm not always mindful that I'm doing it. So sometimes I'm being controlling and I don't even realize I'm being controlling. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm self-aware, but it doesn't mean I'm not, that I'm not doing the behavior. So you can say to yourself, oh, I know I have a quick temper, but if that's always there and front and center, then, you know, you gotta be, you gotta work on that. So, okay. So that's step one. You got to check yourself before you break yourself. You have to really check in with yourself at the very least, right before you talk and get ready. I do, I have many a podcast that talks about how to truly prep uh, before you walk into a conversation. So again, I'll link to those in the show notes, but we've got lots of those. How to, you know, how to listen without getting defensive and hurt is probably the best episode I have on how to do that. And again, we'll link to it in the show notes, or you can look up how to listen without getting defensive and hurt uh, on any of the platforms and it'll pop up. Um, and I really go nitty gritty granular on every little tiny thing you should be doing before you have a conversation. Okay. So step two, and this is the biggie, I think, like the really big one is that you have to change the paradigm or the mindset. So nego here's the deal. Negotiations are generally set up along a straight line. If you're watching me on YouTube, you're watching me do a straight line. So I want you to think of that in your mind's eye if you're not watching me. So there's a straight line and you know here I am at point A and here you are at point B along this line. And what usually happens is that we think, oh, that's the negotiation, right? I were on that line and we're trying to quote unquote, again, meet in the middle along this imaginary line. But think about this, just energetically what happened. So I'm over here at A and you're over here at B. We're trying to get, I'm trying, it's a tug of war. I literally, it's like we're both holding a rope and trying to tug the other person over to our side, you know, past that little middle marker so we win. <laughs> That's what you're doing. That's the setup when you think that when the paradigm, when the mindset is a negotiation is meeting in the middle. I'm on this side, you're over there, and we come together and we meet somewhere in the middle. You're 
it it doesn't work that way because you're both still thinking that you're right and you're it, it's pol it's pol it becomes polarized we are going to naturally resist because we don't want to lose it's just a natural resistance is going to be there it's so it's time to go into these discussions this decision making this negotiation with a new paradigm a new way of seeing it a new a whole new deal and I teach this to all my clients because it's the way to go. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but this is the thing. Negotiating and coming to consensus is a triangle, not a line. Effective, I should say that. Effective negotiation and consensus, meaning again, we're feeling together. We're, on the, we're in this together. We are on the same team. I have your buy-in to this final decision because that's the problem with the line. I'm giving up, I'm making concessions, I'm saying, okay, but really I don't buy in. And then later when it doesn't work, I go, see, I told you. And that's such, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. It sucks. That sucks. So bad. There's, again, because you win. Yeah. Did you win? Really? You're not winning. Not in that scenario. So it's a triangle. I know. So just get that in your head right now. So now think of you and the other person. You're still at points A and B. But now you're at the base, you're still on that line, okay? But it's the base of a triangle. So you're one, one little corner, I'm the other little corner along the base of the triangle. And then the consensus point is up at point C at the top of the triangle. You're, you're not looking at each other, you know, I want this, you want this, I said this, you said that. You instead have to shift to there is a new solution, a new idea that we we don't even know yet. We're going to come up with it together. We haven't even thought of this thing probably, or we haven't thought of it in this way. You're going to approach this as neither of you being right, but instead as a discovery and brainstorming mission to get to the top of the triangle. Neither of you knows yet where it might end up, but point C at the top is something you both buy into, which is critical for the success of anything, that everybody is somehow bought into this, maybe at different levels, that's okay, but somehow you're all bought in. So, and here's what's fast, and again, I've done this with literally thousands of clients at this point. Here's what's amazing to me. So maybe I'll have, uh, you know, let's say a couple and they're, right, and they're arguing about um, should our kids go to private school or public school? One person wants private, one person wants public, or you know, one wants Catholic school and one wants public school, whatever, right? And and they're both like, no, well, I'm never sending my kid to Catholic school, and I'm never sending my kid to public school, whatever, right? So that yeah, that right. And where just think about it right now, where's that negotiation? And so you think of you brainstorm together all of the ideas around school and there's a million ways and that's how you know if you're doing it right if you only come up with two ideas you know public school or private school you're not thinking very well there's a million options there's a million types of private school there's a million types of public schools there's charter schools there's homeschooling there's working in a pod there's uh, there's not going to school at all. And, and, and I don't know, living on a boat in the ocean. I, there's a million friggin' things. And what I have found is that when cup, let's say a couple does this, and I've done it in business too. I've done it everywhere. Even when at the end, it's just like one of the persons, let's say public school wins, you know, so to speak, let's not even say when, I don't even want to get into that, but public school becomes the decision. 
even so even if one of the one of you at point a or b like what you originally wanted is the decision the difference is that because the other person has been heard has been listened to has heard you you've had you've brainstormed all these other ideas you've talked more about what the real values are and why you want this thing you've gotten to the real why of it not just this sort of like cuz i said so thing the this process of open inquiry and collaboration you get you get the buy-in from both of you when it's all said and done i have found over and over that people end up often again in in an office anywhere they end up kind of where one person had started but it's always different you know anything is changed when we start talking about it when we start feeling about it when we start and i'm going to teach you how to feel about it in a minute but when we really start to delve into when i really understand why my partner feels so scared about public school and maybe i can now eat maybe they you know i had this once where a woman was raped um at school in a public school and she was terrified of her daughter going to public school and she you know it was an old thing and she didn't she just kept saying they're unsafe they're unsafe you know there's all these things you can't count anyway but through the discussion she finally was able to really identify this fear that in some ways is illogical most people this does not happen to at a public school but was also logical to her that this is why i'm so scared and i have to tell you her partner really like got it like it was such an eye opener because the feelings were so there the real the true motivations were so clear and they came to a consensus about school so i'm just you know it was beautiful they they this negotiation like brought this new thing as they were doing this process of the triangle and coming up with all these other ideas because what happened as they were doing that she kept knocking things down saying it was unsafe and finally her partner was like what is this unsafe thing to you like what thank god like they really keyed into that and they were like what is unsafe talk to me about that and they really wanted to know it was curious and loving and open and she got really vulnerable about things the her partner had known she'd been raped but didn't really understand all the circumstances about it and she'd never really talked about it a lot so they they ended up having the most intimate vulnerable discussion together and they ended up really coming to true what i think of true consensus and you know crying and i mean it was the whole thing and it was all over this i mean major fight that they were having about what kind of school they they kid was going to go to. So you'd be amazed if you give it a try, trust me, what comes up, okay? And again, you know you're brainstorming effectively when you come up with like more way more solutions than the two side, the two pieces you started with because there's always think about it, there are always uh so many answers to any issue. So make sure you're really allowing yourself the freedom to, you know, expand expand your thinking to really wonder and don't let um don't like don't let money or other things that you think are limitations get in the way for the moment just go yeah we, let's go study in spain you know yeah we're not thinking of moving to spain i don't even speak spanish what i don't care but oh i've always had a dream i just talk about it just throw it out there you would what happens when we go way out with our thinking and this is you know true of any creativity project when we come in we get really distilled and cleared 
and clear about what we're talking about. When I write, even, you know, when I prepare these episodes, I can't, <laughs> I could talk to you for three hours. I could be Andrew Huberman up here. I have so much information. And what happens, because I just let myself go. I write all kinds of stuff. I bring in all kinds of things. And then I distill. Then I'm really looking over it and I have a new, it always happens. It's wonderful. I'll get it like this. I didn't have five steps to negotiate, like written out in my mind. But when I wrote everything down, the five steps were, it was easy to put things into categories. It was easy to kind of go, oh yeah, there they are. Oh, oh these are like steps, you know? It was, it, oh, and this should go before this. And then you do this. It was, it becomes so effortless when you really allow yourself to just go crazy. <laughs> so triangle, not a line. And just that, if you just do that, the next time you go into a conversation, you're going to see huge differences. Okay. Step three is to really have an intention to be, to understand, you know, not to focus on being understood. You got to start with setting a conscience a conscious intention or goal of being curious. And I talk a lot about setting intention. I call it the 18 second shift and getting yourself ready for these types of conversations. Again, I will link to all these things in the show notes, but for now, let me just say, if you want to go deeper on that, how do I set intention exactly? How long does it take? What do I do? Okay. You've got to spend some time beforehand, before the conversation getting yourself again into that good feeling place. So don't go in anxious or worried. The other person's going to pick up on that and you'll be screwed before you start. So, right, you know, I talk a lot about uh, Timothy Wilson's work where our conscious brains are processing information at a rate of 40 to 50 bits per second, while our subconscious brains are processing information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So when I come into a conversation and negotiation, even when I'm like, oh, and I'm like in a good mood and I'm all good, I say I'm all good, but inside I have dread and worry and and angst, that's what the other person's picking up on. And that is setting the tone for the conversation. And then you come back to me and go, it didn't go well, Abby. I did everything you said and it didn't go well. Well, I call bullshit. I call, yeah, I said it. I said it to you. I love you, but I said it. I call bullshit. Were you really in a good feeling place before you went in there? Were you calm? Had you done the work I told you to do beforehand? Or did you skip that part because you just were getting to the, you're like, oh, this is the other important part. Everything I give you is an important part. I don't, I don't just make things up to keep talking. If anything, I try to make things as short as possible on the podcast. So I'm not trying to, to fluff and make it longer. I'm trying to make it shorter. So whatever I give you is really, really important. So you need to focus and set intention for how you want that conversation to go. Not what you're afraid might happen. Okay. It's my intent. And, and, and it'd be really wonderful if you started by saying, I know we have to talk about school, private school or whatever with our kid. And I want you to know it's my intention to listen with an open mind and an open heart, right? Uh, or it, 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 it's my intention that my coworker will feel heard and understood. It's my intention that my partner and I will both walk away from this conversation feeling more connected than we were before. It's my intention uh, to stay mindful throughout this conversation and notice any and notice uh, any unwanted feelings. Right? It's my intention to focus on being patient and asking questions instead of making statements. Do you see where I'm going here? This directs that uh, that. 50 million, that 50 
those 50 bits and directs that 11 million bits so that people are real, you are aligned. You have an aligned way that you're talking to people. They pick up on that and they act in kind. When you go in there, you know you've been there when someone is talking crap to you, but they're saying all the right things and you're like, I don't buy it, I don't buy it. Yeah, that's what that is. That's the 11 million. So the whole time they're talking to you and they might be saying good things, but you're discounting everything they're saying. That's what's happening to you when you go into a negotiation with someone and in your head, you're trying to manipulate or control them. You think they're jerks. You think they're stupid. You think you're better than them. You think you're smarter than them. You think that uh, your way is the only right way. When you, when you think all that, you better, you best believe that the other person knows that. You know it. When you go talk to someone, you know, that person thinks they're better than me. Yeah. You know, why do you think, what do you think, you're magical, that you're so brilliant that they don't get it? They get it. So you have to say it. You can even, if you're struggling, go into the conversation and say, and say the truth. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm feeling a little afraid of this conversation. It's my intention that we that I don't work on fear, that I work on love, our connection, um, where we need to go on our goals. I'm just letting you know that there's some anxiety I'm feeling, and I'm I'm you know I'm worried about what you're going to think or say, or I'm anxious about proving my point. I get it, and I'm trying. I'm I'm letting you know, I am making it my goal, my intention, not to give in to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Do that. I know honesty. Who would have thought, right? Being honest. What a what a what a thought. <laughs> You got to get out of thinking you're right and really set yourself up to truly wonder what the other person is thinking and what's driving their thoughts. What are their motivations? What's driving their actions? You want to make it your intention. I say it a lot to listen like you're wrong. And it really comes down to another thing I say a lot, which is, do you want to be correct or effective? What, which do you want? You can't be both. Correct is you're right and yep, you get your right and you get to bulldoze through and get your agenda passed. You're right, you're correct, but there's no buy-in. They're resentful. They're gonna look for any little uh, kink, chink in the armor. You, It's not gonna work as well. It's just not effective. That's correct. Effective is having a connected conversation and a relationship built on trust and goodwill. You need to choose. You, you, I, I'll leave it to you, right? You need to choose. But I've talked about a lot. I call it the 18 second shift. <laughs> and 
I have a little video even on YouTube about it. If you want to Abby Metcalf 18 second shift, you can put that in setting intention. It'll all come up. If you want to watch a quick little, I did like a 10 minute YouTube video about it. It is that important and that much of where I want your energy. Okay. So these steps are important. All right. Step four is you're not going to be surprised is to ask collaborative questions. I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've said it 20 times. You can't sack SAC your any of your relationships. Don't make don't make don't offer suggestions, give advice or criticize. SAC. Don't offer suggestions, give advice or criticize. In any conversation. Instead, to get to C, to get to that point on top of the triangle, to get to that place that no one even knows about yet, you're going to have to ask questions. You have to be curious and you have to ask collaborative questions that with the intention of having a better understanding, a better understanding of what the other person wants and needs. What's, you know, what's driving their thinking? What's underneath, what's underneath what they're saying they want? So you do want to stay away from why questions because those tend to put people on the defensive. Um, so you really want to get right, get to collaborative questions. I it's, I have a free download for you. I've had this download many times before. It's really good. It's a list of collaborative questions. I'll give you a few right now, but it's a list of collaborative questions that you can have like you know stuck up on your refrigerator or saved in your phone to look at or whatever. Um, come over to the website abbymetcalf.com. Come over to the show notes page or the blog the relationship tips and tools page where the blog is and you can download it for free. It will put you, you have to put in your email because I have to send it to you. And when you do that, you will be on my mailing list. What is my mailing list? It's a once a week love letter. That's it. It's a letter that I send from all from, because I really, really do love you and feel connected to you. I send you a letter each week meant to inspire give you experience, strength, and hope, as we say in the program. That's all it's meant to do. I, I'm not going to sell you stuff. You're not going to get 50 emails a week. I, I don't I do not do that, okay? You've got weekly newsletter. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> and uh, if you want to subscribe, subscribe at any time. There's lots, of, there's thousands and thousands of people on there. I'm not going to notice if you unsubscribe, I swear. I'm not, it's not going to be a black mark on your record. And once you're on, if you keep um, downloading at different times, you're not going to you know, you're not going to keep getting the newsletter multiple times. <laughs> so no, no worries. Once you're on the list and you put, you know, so any other time you download after that. Um, but, and, and I even do a thing every six months or so we purge the list. Like if you're not opening that email, I'm going to send you an email and say, Hey, do you, if you don't want to be on here, I'm just going to take you off now. If you want to be on, you know, just email me back. But if you don't want to be on, I'm just going to automatically take you off now. That's how much I love you. That's how easy I make it. So, okay. So download your collaborative questions, but you know, my favorite collaborative question always is, can you tell me more about whatever the thing is? Can you tell me more about, that's what happened with this, the, these two uh, people I'm talking about before with the public and private school. You know, finally, you know, this partner said, can you tell me more about safety? What does that mean to you? What did you, tell me more about what you mean by safety? What do you feel right now as you're talking about safety? What comes up for you when you think safety? Uh, what are the first three words you think about when you think private school? He, I'm telling you, it, it, 
they killed it. They killed it with this because they started really asking when once you get going at collaborative questions, they're actually kind of easy. You're not again, you're not asking why. Why'd you do that? Why don't you like this? That it just puts people on the defensive. It's not what we're doing. And it's not what we want. We want to really understand. We're seeking to understand. So do you see how easy it starts to flow when you truly are curious and want to know instead of just proving your point? And I know, by the way, that people are thinking right now, this takes too long, Abby. I'm at work or I'm with my mom. I don't have, I don't, I can't do that. I'm telling you now that as, and this is my organizational psychologist hat, that this will take you less time in the future with, because otherwise you're going to make this negotiation. The other person or people don't buy in and guess what? They're going to sabotage knowingly or unknowingly. You're going to have to drag them along at every point. You're going to have to remind them. You're going to have to deal with their snarky attitudes or resentment with other things. They might try to dominate you in another area. Well, you know, Cindy got her way on this thing. So I'm, I get my way on this thing, you know, start keeping score. You're going to lose. It's going to take you more time on the other side. Believe me, take the time now to do this well. And it doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. And by the way, this might be more than one conversation. But again, when you think of that line, this is why the triangle is so important. When you think of that line, what's happening is I'm over here at point A and I'm trying to pull you over here to point B. I'm like dragging you. It's a lot of effort. It's exhausting and I feel drained. Right? And then, right? I know. What, what really what we're doing, if you want to keep using the line analogy, is instead of you staying at point A, you're walking over to point B with them, kind of getting in the hole with them, getting at the table with them over where they are, and then bringing yourselves to that point C. That's another way to look at it, okay? Either way, that's what's happening. So collaborative questions, can you tell me more about? That's my favorite. Can you, can you say more on whatever this is? Again, but you have those those 11 million bits and those 50 million bits have to be aligned. So you can't say, well, well, tell me more about that when you really don't care and don't want to know and you're being impatient. No, check your, pa- maybe that's just me. I always have to check my patience level. I do get very impatient and it is not healthy or kind. So check your patience level a lot. If you're feeling impatient, if you're feeling frustrated, you're not you're not doing what I'm asking. There's no time limit on this. There's no scarcity. We're, we're abundant. We're thinking. We're just, we're just blowing the roof off and it's beautiful. Uh, can you say more about why you feel so strongly about, about X, Y, whatever you're talking about? Can you, can you say more about why you feel this strongly? Like I hear you, I hear what you're saying and I want to understand it more. I really do. It's why I'm asking Tell me more about this. And trust me, half the time, people don't even realize why they feel so strongly. Like this woman with the rape, she didn't understand why the safety thing wouldn't go away. She didn't understand why she kept talking, you know, why it was so like such a big deal to her fully. She kind of intellectually knew, yeah, I was raped in school and that has some connection, but she didn't really fully integrately, integratively understand it. And by uh, her partner asking questions, she started to really get real and get down to what was what were the like the true motivations. Um, so I love that. Uh, you know what do you what do you mean by X? Can you give me another example of that? Can you say that in it? Can you say that to me in another way? I, I'm trying to understand. I'm not quite getting it. Can you say that to me in another way? Uh, what's something I haven't asked that would help move this conversation forward? That is a great question to ask. 
what 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 are you hoping I will ask about this? What do you, or what's one more thing you want to tell me about this that you feel like tell me one thing I didn't understand about this. What what do you feel like I'm not understanding when you speak? That is the best 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 most wonderful thing uh because you'll find out for sure what the problem is. And when they tell you by the way, don't go no 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 you're wrong. <laughs> don't just defend. Listen. Say, oh, I actually wasn't feeling that way to ask more questions. So, wow. So you feel like I'm, what I'm hearing you say, you can summarize, which is wonderful. What I'm hearing you say is that I think I'm above public school, that that actually was part of their conversation, that I'm too good for, that my child's too, you know, we're too good for public school, that I'm being snooty. That's what I hear you saying. And her partner was like, yeah. And so, and she was like, oh, all right, let me, you know, and then they were asking questions like, well, can you say it another way then? Can you tell me more about what this is? You know, and again, that's how they got there. So, you know, in the end, you just want to make sure you're not making or holding um, any assumptions about what the other person thinks or wants. We often think we can read minds. You know, I hate that. You, you're not reading their mind. You don't have to prove yourself right. You're asking questions with curiosity and you're not driving towards a conclusion. That's the hardest thing, I think. That's why the point C is so important. Point C holds your private school and public school, but it also holds all those other things that I'm, you know, all the other ideas I had. No matter what the thing is, you can, when you start brainstorming, you really come up with other things. So you can now start from that place. Okay. And then the final step five is to check in with your feelings during the talk. And this is really important. What I find is that a lot of people start off the conversation in a healthy way. They're like, okay, Abby, Abby, I'm listening. <laughs> I got it. I, I meditated first and I sat with myself and I set intention and we did intentions out loud and we did all the things. The problem is, but then things can still devolve. And the problem is because you're not checking in during the conversation. So one of the things uh, I tell people to do often is uh, you can do a few things. One is that you can set, literally set a timer for 20 minutes in to just do a feelings check. I like them out loud. Uh, you, cause, but obviously mindfulness is your key to all this. If you're not mindful as you have the talk, you're going to end up again, getting into old negative patterns. And you, we all know I preach mindfulness constantly. You can get the free mindfulness starter kit. You can, oh my God, put mindfulness in the website. There's 50 different things. I'll link to them in the show notes. I have so many episodes on mindfulness. I have so many free things on mindfulness. Um, I preach it all the time because I can teach you all the great tools in the world, but if if you don't remember to use them in the moment, they're useless. If you don't remember to keep using them in a conversation, it's not really helping you. You start out well, but then you, you, you end poorly. So I highly, highly recommend, did I say highly? I highly recommend checking in with how you and the other person are feeling at least once during the conversation. Just st simplest thing ever, stop. And I do it all the time. Sometimes uh, I just, I got, I did it yesterday with a client who was starting to, I could feel like they were starting to report a bad thing that happened and a fight they happened. They were just sort of in the story of it. And I just, I stopped him and I, I said, what are you feeling right now? And 
he was like, what? You know, and people get really pulled out of their reverie, you know, out of their automatic, you know, autopilot, which is great. That's exactly what you're trying to do. And he goes, oh, uh, uh, I'm, I've, uh, I, I was just trying to tell you about this thing, right? That's, that's my warning to you. Most of the times when you ask someone how they feel, they'll tell you what they're thinking. People, we don't like to talk about feelings. <laughs> we don't know what they are. We don't identify them easily. Most of us, um, if you do, God bless you, but a lot of us don't. Um, even me after all these years, not my best, I, something I have to diligently work at. So when you ask how you're feeling right now, people will often, almost always, I want to say, give you their thoughts. Well, I was just trying to explain to you what this is, or I, you know, I was just is usually how it starts. Um, <laughs> But stick with the question. No, no, no. That's a and just say the truth. That, that's what I do with my client. I said, I said to him, "Well, that's a thought. What are you feeling?" And he gave me another thought. <laughs> he said, "Well, you know, I feel like I should be able to get over this by now. I feel like you know, uh, this should shouldn't be so hard after all these years." That's what he said. And I said, "Uh huh. These are more thoughts. I feel like immediately now. I know you're giving me a thought." Tell me how you feel, mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, uh, shy, uh, happy, content, joyful, free, uh, constricted, disconnected, disassociated. What, what do you feel? That's where you want to go. And I'm telling you when, you, when you just keep to it, and don't be mad or frustrated, just, you know, I understand, but you're still giving me thoughts. I know this is hard. How about if, and then you can say, well, let me, let me help you out. Here's what I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling, I have to admit, a little frustrated. I'm feeling a little sad. And I'm feeling, um, I'm also feeling a little hopeful. Remember, you can hold both things at the same time. <laughs> and then, and they might get defensive. Well, oh, well, I can't, you know, you always get impatient and frustrated with me. And this is always how, and it's like, no, 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 no. That's not, nope, nope. We're not saying always and never. That maybe is another conversation. I'm trying to have this conversation right now with you, right now. And I'm just asking you how you feel that's all I'm doing. <laughs> and you can see, you know, people get upset, they get defensive, they get angry because they don't want to talk about their feelings. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to go there. It's so much easier to talk about the facts. And again, we connect with feelings, not thoughts. And connection is key to having a successful negotiation. You know, the other thing I always say is you have to connect correct. If you really want people to understand you and to hear your side of things, whatever that is, again, I'd rather there weren't sides, you have to have a connection. You have to have something there where the person wants to do this thing. They want to lean in. And if you're trying to create a mutually understanding dialogue, there needs to be some connection. And feelings are the way to get there. You get there with feelings. You get there with sharing them. You get there with checking in with them. So during the course of the conversation, I need you to be mindful and I need you to check in. Uh, you can um, put in a bio break if you're in like in a meet, uh, other kind of meeting maybe. You can, again, or just say this is a natural place to stop. Let me ask how everyone's feeling right now. Um, you can uh, just do it in your head if you really have to, if you're in like a bigger kind of setting and you're noticing and you don't have a space to do that, you can just stop yourself and go, how am I feeling? Ooh, how am I feeling right now? Try to, we call this metacognition when we're sort of 
looking down into ourselves and seeing how we're reacting and acting and feeling and talking and thinking, right? We, we have that metacognition again, which mindfulness brings us. It's so beautiful. So that's where you want to be. You want to be uh, noticing because again, otherwise you're going to, you're going to go into old patterns halfway through the conversation and it's not going to end well. And you're going to say, oh, these steps that Abby gave me don't work. They do work, but you're, don't just rely on your memory. Like, oh, I have to remember to be mindful. Like try to do something that's going to help create a natural place to check in with feelings. Don't just think you'll remember because when we're triggered or not even just triggered, if we're just, you know, caught up in a conversation and on that autopilot, we don't remember. We don't remember to use our tools. We don't remember to be mindful. We don't remember. So understand that and have some sort of outside thing reminding you to stop and check in with feelings. Okay. That's it. Those are my five steps to effectively negotiating with someone. Uh, Again, in any kind of relationship you're in, I really encourage you so strongly to come over to the website and check out the, or again, go search on your platform that you're listening right now to these other titles that I gave you for self-awareness and listening without getting defensive and hurt and really going in. And even if you've listened to those before, what's really great often is that when you hear this one, you know, maybe a lot of you have been with me a while. Thank you. Love that. Uh, you know, go back and, or even just read the blog post on my website and just remind yourself of those things because, you know, this stuff is like an onion. You're, you're pulling off the layers and you're integrating knowledge in a more distilled, more distilled, more distilled way till it becomes automatic. And in the beginning, as I've always said, it, it's, uh, it takes some real conscious thinking and, you know, like learning tennis, I always say, right? Oh, I got to step. I have to put my hand back. I got to do this. I have to charge the net. Like you have to think about a lot in the beginning, but eventually it becomes automatic. And I believe in you. I'm telling you this will work for you. It works for my clients. It's going to work for you. It's worked for literally thousands of people I've worked with. It's You are special. You know, I love you. Of course you're special, but you're not special in a way that this won't work. <laughs> you're just, you know, not just, I'm sorry. Hey, people say, just do it. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you to really just, I keep saying just, I'm making myself crazy to stop and give yourself a break. Take a moment to take things in and allow yourself to practice something and not expect to be the best tennis, tennis player that ever was after trying something a few times after playing for three months. It's, it takes a minute. So give yourself that grace, give yourself that, that love, that self-compassion And you will find yourself able to do these things with ease and even with some joy before too long. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you again. Oh, I'm so happy you're here with me. I love you. I feel you. I appreciate your emails, even the ones I haven't gotten to yet, your DMs, your messages, your... uh, all of it. I, your reviews. I really appreciate all of it. I love our connection. It's just one of the highlights truly of my life being here with you right now. I just adore you. Have an amazing week and we'll talk real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. 
first, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymedcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.